Welcome to the Air Combat Simulation Podcast, brought to you by BVR Productions. Together with content creators, mission builders, experts, and enthusiasts, we explore the comprehensive world of combat aircraft simulation. Hi, welcome to Air Combat Sim. This is Episode 5. I'm here with Baltic Dragon. And we just uh, recorded an episode the other day with a bunch of community members. And uh, I think it was a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting uh, episode. Yeah, we came together with no uh, apparent theme or idea. We just talked about things that happened. Uh, and since we're going to air this episode pretty soon, it should still be relevant, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was quite interesting. I, I, For instance, I wasn't really following the first part, I mean, the, the one on the community. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the discussion evolved pretty nicely, I guess. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I thought it evolved really well. We had uh, uh, Sport and Tricker, uh, as well as Moltar. Uh, so I thought it was a great thing. We talked, uh, we talked about some of the uh, current things going on. Uh, on Hoggett, as well as jumping into hardware um, and uh, talking about uh, future modules. So some really interesting discussion around that. So it was pretty pretty neat, and I think we'll we'll definitely want to do this again. Yeah, I hope you'll enjoy it. I think we'll be doing that from time to time just to get a break from the themed episodes. I think that's a good idea. So without further ado, let's jump right to it, okay? Perfect. Here we go. And he's also avoiding me. Look, whenever I'm around, he's not. <laughs> That's just, if you look yeah. at the previous podcasts, only the first one together. Hmm? Coincidence? Um, I would, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I because uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's still. I get the little kid thing. You know, my wife just took the kids out for a bike ride. So, uh, in the world of Corona, uh, it's okay. Corona is not that fast. Shouldn't be. You know, my kids cannot run it on the bike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Watch out for Corona. <laughs> oh, well, what's going on in the U.S. is crazy, especially in New York. It's really crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. Now, 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 do you get, how, how is it working for you? You're getting, I see a lot of progress happening on the Raven 1 campaign. Uh, yeah, just, well, basically the whole script is ready. Most of the videos are in, so I'll just work on the voiceovers and start putting everything together and testing it. I mean, the missions are built. I just need to get the voiceovers in and then test them and do the briefings and kneeboards and all that stuff, which will be a lot of work too, all the documentation. Because seeing how how much attention to detail was paid by uh, Jello and Hoser to, to the scripts, which are much shorter, uh, the uh, briefings will be, yeah, there'll be lots of work on those, which is good. Hey, Maltar. Sort of Maltar. Uh, he's Maltar's shy. You scared him. I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. I'm Sport, thank you for coming. You are muted, but I'm glad you're here anyways. I think he was streaming. Maltar's Sorry bad. about that. Sorry about that. Hey, guys. Hey. So is everybody uh, having personal distance, having them in their social distancing? I just tell I, people to go away. <laughs> so it's I, no, it's no different than my normal life. I mean, that's I what just, I normally do. I'm, I'm trying to hug people more just to see what they do. That's a good way to get shot. Yeah, the, oh, well, so the UPS guy. See, I chase him back to his truck. So you're that <laughs> awkward guy, but this time it's possible consequence of death. Oh, pretty much. No, I know I would never really hug them. I just when they, I you know, they open the door. I say, hey, it's a sad time. Can I have a hug? And then I just sort of go after them. And they're nice. <laughs> but you know, in Belgium, uh, the normal way of greeting before between two guys is not sh shaking hands and it's kissing the cheek, normally. So mm. it's a big, it's a huge shock for them now. Mm. That's, That's weird. Mm. I mean, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Sit at home and play video games for a week. Sign me up. <laughs> so uh so bd you were mentioning so how when do you think not not a commit um but yet one thing we were waiting on for the raven one campaign was uh was uh, a super carrier which apparently is coming out next month yep uh and then and then not to commit but when do you think 
What, what are you thinking right now in terms of timeline? End of June. Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'd really like to push it out before I go for holidays. So well, I'll do everything to do it. And since I'm working from home, I have more time. So it might work. It's going to be cool. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be nice. I mean, I'm, I'm spending too much time playing or flying things I created, but I really enjoy flying Raven 1. It's, uh, it's going to be nice. Yeah, boy. Read or listen to the books? Sport has. Yeah, I read um, Fight Fight actually recently. Um, fantastic story. It was a sort of a modern day Red Storm Rising, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Oh, yeah. I totally so, love the techno thrillers. Yeah, same here. Uh, Raven One's probably next on my list. Uh, I want to, I'm not sure if I want to, I think I want to fly the, um, uh, the campaign before I read the book just so there's no spoilers. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, true. I'm not quite sure which is the right order to do that in. It's true that I try to recreate the missions from the book as they were. I mean, of course, with some changes, uh, but but there will be some surprises too. So I think if you read the book first, you'll you'll get a better understanding of of the characters and what's going on. If you play the campaign first, of course, the book will also be fun to read. I guess I don't know. I, as I said, I, I was really, I thought it was really cool how much um, Kevin Miller Hoser got into it and uh, the detail back and forth. And, you know, even the, like, you check with, you know, even between Jello and, and Hoser, there was a little bit of like, you know, it was, they weren't always synced. Yeah, it's funny sometimes when, especially on the missions that are taken from the book. So I just copy paste things from different chapters. And then Jello would chime in and saying that, well, this is not how it should be done. And it's it's funny. Oh yeah, but it was like that in the book. Okay, but but in the end, we we just leave it as as it is in the book because as Jello says, it's you know the comms in the in combat or in the mission are never like a textbook comms. It always something will, will be different than as it should be said. What was that one thing you kept going back after, like going yeah. in hot? Yeah, in hot. So the, the pilots will never say that they're in hot. It's only the, the JTAC that will do that. And, and and the thing with AWEX, the whole uh, brackles or pictures, that's horrible. I can't, I mean, every time in 15 missions, I'm writing that stuff, just looking at the previous ones to make it right, and I'm always having something wrong. It's funny. So what you're telling me, the reason the book is terrible is because of you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. So Sorry, I was late. What's the topic currently? It, it is an open topic. Anything you want to talk about, Dave? Eurofighter. Oh, yeah. Let's just get yeah, that out of the way. Let's just throw that out there. I mean, that kind of took everybody by storm earlier this week. Well, they had to release something. Mock Super Cruise, maybe the Meteor, you know? They had to release something after all the craziness that happened this week. That is true. Defer that is very the, true. They had to defer the uh, the attention. Well, define define craziness. Or can you... Enlighten? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't even know where to. I don't even know where to start. Are, are we going to talk about the craziness that's taken over Hoggett lately, or yeah, that, 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 that craziness? I don't even know where to start to bring that up. You just did. Are we allowed to talk about that? Hey, sure. Oh, so this is like a it's, this it, this session is like a gloves off kind of session. Is it, that what this is. is? Oh, okay. Maybe we should name it like that. Gloves off. Gloves off. Episode five, gloves off. Love it. I got, I got it. So who wants to give the synopsis here? Of, we're talking about a certain squadron doing a certain thing that a certain majority or everyone in the community didn't like. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> so the synopsis for anybody that doesn't know is Grim Reapers came out and said uh, that they were going to provide paid lessons to the community by professionals. And that was not taken very well. I'll just, I'll just put it like that. The community has not gotten behind that idea as of yet. And there's been multiple people that have come out and posted things on Hoggett and probably on the forums and all over Discord. And it's been the talk of the week. But Grim did Reapers they, are back in the spotlight. Did they say they were professionals or experts in the field? I saw some professional comments. I saw that Cap was likening it to, like, to shooting free throws with Shaq. Hmm. Yeah, which is hilarious because Shaq was such a well-renowned free, uh, free throw oh, shooter. He's one of the best. Uh, 
how it was it's something he definitely didn't want to do. So. Yeah, I, I like the idea of offering people mentoring, but I don't like the idea if you're trying to grow the community, putting it behind a paywall. Yeah, I think you know, and that's a really good point because I think there's so many people out there that actually, what I've encountered, and that's just a, and, and you and I have talked about this, but you know, I, I, I'm absolutely for more of a structured mm-hmm. growth, but there's so many people out there that are doing it. And you and I talked about it and, and I wasn't aware about how at the squadron level, uh, you know, what amount of training happens there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that part of the challenge when I saw that this week was just like, you, know, you shake your head and you're like, you know, that's, you know, you know, I, okay. I guess that's going to be somebody else's taste, probably not mine, but yeah. Well, a big, a big thing to me, having done the competitive side of DCS and, and all that, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people that want to offer training. The hard part is finding people that offer the right kind of training. Like take, take Chuck's guides, for, in, for instance. His training that he offers in the written word is the right kind of training. He offers the correct things to do in situations. He takes you through like how the jet operates. I mean, he, he doesn't get into the combat and stuff, but how the jet works. And it's, you got to make sure that if you're going to go after people to train you, that you're going to be trained in the right way so that you're not later going to find out, crap, I have now these ingrained horrible habits of doing things the wrong way that I now have to unlearn and then relearn the right way again. I think that's really important for people to remember. So it's, it's often, it'd be, it's one thing to offer training, but you want to make sure that if you do do it, that you're going to teach people the right way because there are a lot of people in the community that are going to jump down your throat. If you don't, well, let's face it. They're going to jump down your throat. Even if you do it right. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure. It's a, there's certainly a, uh, just as a a relatively new guy to the community and just watching on the sidelines, I don't think there's any, um, nobody holds back. There's certainly a lot of people with opinions. Not when anonymity is involved. Yes, indeed. Well, and, but I mean, even, but back to this topic of, of like, you know, why was it, you know, what was it, you know, I certainly, I think that there's a perspective that, um, you know, that maybe Grim Reapers is an acquired taste or it fits certain people's styles, uh, than others. Um, and then there were also the topics of like, uh, the incorrect use of other people's work. Yeah. And, yeah, there uh, was. I know the top comment on one of those threads was Chuck's image, but yep. I don't want to delve too far into it because I don't want to get sucked into picking sides and. No, no, no. But I yeah. think it's it's just I, I I would say that I don't know. It's just one of those things that you do see people diving way into. Mm-hmm. You know, some people screw up. There's no doubt, but mm-hmm. it's always interesting to watch it how it fire with unhog it. Well, you know, some people have asked me in the past. You know. Um, since I'm a actual flight instructor, it's like, Oh, well, have you ever thought about giving people instruction online or doing tutorial videos like that? And I am very careful about that personally, because there are laws here in the U S regarding flight training. And then you open yourself up for a lot of trouble. If you start marketing yourself as offering any sort of training, flight training, and somebody goes out and tries to do something in real life. And, uh, you know, obviously there are so many stupid and frivolous lawsuits out there that can occur. I just think that the risk, is way too high um making tutorial videos maybe personal coaching one-on-one and stuff like that yeah fine but um marketing yourself for lessons and then accepting payment for them i think you're trying you're, you're setting yourself up for a real dangerous scenario if you don't have any sort of legal counsel helping you along the way yeah i mean i th- and, and, and again i think there's there's definitely some i mean i completely Agree. But I mean, as we look at this, what is the right approach? Is it, you know, is it okay for someone to take money for, for lessons? Uh, or is that the issue or is it, um, or is it the value for the money or, you know, I don't know that there's an issue with taking, taking money. I, I, I mean, people would frown upon it, but I think the issue is some people view this as, like I said, of, the people offering the lessons have said it's like shooting free throws with Shaq. You're being offered, you know, insight from a professional or, you know, a famous DCS personality or what have you. It's, 
I think it's one thing to offer money. It's another, it's something completely different to market yourself that may not fit your actual representation. You're not representing yourself necessarily correctly. And I think that's more what the community is upset about. Got it. So, um, might be a good, uh, so let's, uh, if, if we've got enough on that, how about, uh, before we do go too deep, how about Eurofighter back to that? That kind of caught me off guard. Did it catch anybody else off guard? It did. It's okay. I guess. It's okay. My, my only, uh, my only thought, I guess, on this whole entire situation is I don't care if you want to make money, but don't market yourself as an expert if you don't have any credentials. And uh, that's all I will say about that. But what do you think yeah. about the Eurofighter? I think the Eurofighter is pretty. Uh, Eurofighter is actually pretty sexy, man. I actually watched. Just, uh, I listened to uh, Jello's uh, interview with the Eurofighter fighter guy. Uh, I'm hoping hardcore that it doesn't turn into a VAIO or a VEAO hawk, VEAO hawk, however you pronounce their name. Well, for the users that don't know what happened, can you enlighten them what happened? Um. So, how do you say that developer's name? Vio? Veo? I think it's just Vio. Vio? So, Vio was a developer for DCS not too long ago. Um, and they brought out a module called the Hawk. And it was a, the Hawk is a really famous plane. A lot of aerobatics teams use it. It's trainers. There's an armed version that some countries still use. It's an awesome plane, but the deployment of this module was not very good. <laughs> To put it nicely, it's just it wasn't very well developed. You know, the missile, if you flew it on a like a PVP server, you could shoot it like 30 times and it wouldn't die, be flying without wings. I mean, it was all kinds of stuff that wasn't related to lag to lag or desync or anything like that. And then I, I've heard that the flight model wasn't wasn't all that great either. And then oh. what ended up happening is that VO ended up leaving or dismantling its organization or its developer, however you want to put it. And then ED removed the Hawk from the game so nobody could use it anymore. You're telling me it wasn't supposed to fly without wings? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, maybe if it was a flying tennis court like the F-15, but I don't <laughs> think the Hawk is being able to do that. So yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that the, the real, I mean, the, the issue wasn't even the, um, you know, the poor modeling or damage model and stuff like that. I think a lot of it had to do with the, the poor interaction with the community that the company had though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And That's I think that kind of comes down to the crux of the, you know, all of the situations we're talking about, which is community interaction between the members of the community and public members of the community and developers and things like that. And, uh, for me, I think the main issue is just lack of respect for either public members of the community towards the rest of the community and then the community towards developers and um, high you know, visibility public members. And you can not like what something is what somebody's doing, but you can still be respectful about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will oh, say, though, take that mo moment to say that Eagle Dynamics is doing a phenomenal job in that. I remember even a few years ago, you wouldn't hear anything from them for months, if not a year. And now we hear things almost every day. Yeah, their, their tone has changed quite a bit. And certain community managers have definitely changed um, the way they handle the community and, and the way they interact. I think there's still room for improvement, but I agree with you. I think um, they've been doing a much better job. Big Nui, I got to give a big shout out to him because he's been fantastic with um, answering people's questions and being respectful and kind of keeping things on an even keel. Yeah, I concur. But why do you think it's it, it could go the same path as uh, as Hawk? I mean, the Eurofighter. Yeah, that's my worry. Unknown oh, well. developer entering, and we don't mm. really know what's going to happen, and that's that's my worry. Didn't they say that they're going to be? I think they acknowledged that uh, the the problem with it, and they were going to be doubling down. I mean, the list that they gave with that group that was putting together seemed, at least to me, seemed impressive. For me, the, the main worry is that I mean this. It's used by lots of, I mean, by quite a few countries still, and I think lots of stuff is it's really top, top secret mm -hmm. at this point. So uh, I don't know how realistic or how good it will be, and how much will be just educated guess or I don't know a very simplified thing, which we we'll, of course will never know. But still, yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, um, 
as for the new developer worries, look at Decca Ironworks. You know, they kind of hit it out of the park on the first try with uh, the JF-17. So I'll keep an open mind until it actually arrives. Uh, as for the classified stuff, uh, you know, it's a simulation. So they're simulating a result. I mean, I don't think they probably have access or will release like the inner workings of maybe how it gets to that result. But I, I who, who knows? I don't know enough about it, about the Eurofighter to know what it's... Um, uh classified capabilities are but i think it's going to be an interesting addition for sure it's got a lot of people excited who's the main user of i know there's several country but like who has the most euro fighters like what country i think the uk i think the raf does and it's just mainly a air-to-air fighter i guess no it does everything yeah it does everything i think it's uk is germany i think italy have some not sure Everyone's getting F thirty five. Yeah, I think the Italy does. I think Spain does. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know how true it is, but I was reading some of the comments in the forums, and uh, they were talking about if you have like an RWR spike, you can actually shoot a missile, not even locking them up with the radar. You can just shoot it via you being locked up on the RWR or something like that. I don't know if you guys read that. I don't know how true that is. Well, I don't know either, but I would assume there's a lot of things that the jets can do. That came in much later blocks and variants than what we have access to in DCS, or that would be able to be turned into a module. Like, I'm sure the newer F-15s and stuff, the F-16s have tons of toys that we don't know about that we would never be able to get in the, in the sim. Trigger, even now we can, when you get spike, you can shoot a missile. Just pull the trigger. Yeah, just goes. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully a teammate's not in front of you. True. The biggest thing that I've heard people talk about is its power-to-weight ratio, which I don't know that I'm on on complete board with. Some people are saying in combat it's like 2 to 1, which, to put that in perspective, the F-16 with a full fuel load is 1.13, I think. And Whoa. the F-22 is like right around there. And they're saying the Eurofighter. This is where I disagree because it's Wikipedia. Our teachers screwed us when we were growing up saying that Wikipedia is not a good source. I have yet to find something really on Wikipedia that isn't accurate or pretty close to being accurate. And Wikipedia says that the Eurofighter weighs 36,000 pounds and has 40,000 pounds of thrust, wet thrust, which would put it right about where the F-16's power-to-weight ratio is. I, I really liked how you said wet thrust. <laughs> I was well, you know, if that's if that's what gets you going, Tricker, I'm happy to just repeat it. You know, wet I, thrust. Yeah, thank you. On Wikipedia, clearly you didn't see any, uh, probably you didn't read any uh, any post about politicians. <laughs> changer. <laughs> but uh, coming to, uh, to Eurofighter, I read... That the Germans, I mean, it has a very good IR sensors, and the Germans and, and the red flag in Alaska, they they went pretty. I mean, it went pretty well for them against the Raptors. Uh, so I think it's it can be very dangerous opponent. Absolutely, yeah, I, I would agree. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a, a dangerous opponent. I just don't think I quite get behind all the things that people are spewing out as of lately about it. So let's speculate. Uh, what side do you think it would be on, blue four or red four? I think you put it on blue four and you keep the F-16 on red four. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Hmm. But in PvP, it may be, depending on how they do it, a complete imbalancer to the sim. Especially if it gets the Meteor. And what is the Meteor? Is that the new missile? It's the Scramjet missile, isn't it? Is it hmm. scr isn't it? Or am I just spewing stuff? Spewing nonsense. You're spewing Wikipedia right now. No, it uses a, like a different engine that's really efficient and gives it power f through the majority of its flight path. But don't quote me on that because the U.S. doesn't use them and I am by no means a aircraft aficionado. I just fly them from my armchair and shoot down other armchair people. I think for Meteor, it's, uh, well, it's a long range. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's over 150 kilometers, and yeah, it's 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 pretty new missile. If I remember, it's like two million euros per unit, and it's been in use since 2016. So it's 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 really really recent. I don't it, see us getting that. <laughs> does anybody know if it has any uh, off bore sight missile capability, short range? It does. They have a missile. Carry the like X, a, I think. They have a missile that's like equivalent to the AIM-9X. 
Is well, that the early? star streak or what What do they call it? I'm not sure. I was listening to the Jello interview last night and the interviewee, the guest was actually talking about it. So it's actually a pretty cool interview. Well, I think the early variants actually carried the 120 and the AIM-9. That's yeah, correct. So you, I, I've seen pictures of that. The MRAM. Which is more than likely what we're going to get. I can't see us getting a variant, a later variant, especially from 2016 that would carry the Meteor. I just don't see that happening. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> I always have little faith. I like to be proven wrong. Going skeptical. Yeah. When, when ED said that they're going to unveil a new kind of iconic jet fighter, I thought they would give us F-15, but fully clickable. That Eurofighter isn't it. Yeah, so that's what's interesting. So Eagle Dynamics have confirmed that the, the module they're going to reveal later this year is not the Eurofighter, so uh -huh. speculation on what it is. Hmm. All right. I'm saying MiG-29 or F-15. I, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, either MiG-29 or uh, SU-27, uh, full fidelity. I'm going with the Cessna 172. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think the one, the plane that the sim needs the most is a C-130. That'd be cool, but it would be boring, I think. I think, look look how big the civ, the civi market is for sim, and then think about being able to bring part of them in with the C-130. You talking about like an AC-130 or just like a C-130? I don't know, both. I don't know. AC-130 would be awesome. I mean, if it was an AC-130, that'd be kind of cool. But Spectre would be cool. It would mm -hmm. be, oh, that would be great. Well, multiple variants would be neat, especially if you could modularly load them and stuff like that. But I would have fun doing airborne drops or uh, lapes drops and things like that. Other, you know, tactical insertions, you know, in a multiplayer environment. Yeah. What is it? They have the JTO takeoff. Yep. They do. That the Blue Angels Fat Albert uses. Yeah. yeah. Heck, I think you'd find people who'd be who'd be willing to even fly it as a tanker, you know, just drone circles in the sky. Yeah. That's what I was about to yeah. say. I mean, there are plenty of people you can find online who have no problem flying on autopilot, you know, circles in the sky or long range. There are people who do, you know, like 15 hour long range flights on my Microsoft Flight Simulator. So I know, which is ridiculous. Well, they is not most of that autopilot. It is. Yeah, yeah. they, they go to bed. They, they <laughs> set it and they go to bed. I, I know. Why? Do it. You know. <laughs> it's it's their way of having fun i mean that's definitely I, I do it for a living and i don't think i would ever do that in the comfort of my own home but um some people just really aspire to that they have fun with it there are like virtual airlines that they can earn quote-unquote revenue from by flying um you know uh, legs and things like that so there's there's a whole market for it and i you know if people want to have fun that way i'm all for it uh it's definitely not for me no, it's, I think you're right, though. I think the C-130, I guess, I, I, I thought it would be kind of boring for me. But if you think yeah. about it, you can have the AC-130, because you can have a gunship. You can have a C-130, you can just do, like, transport drops, stuff like Sport was talking about. But you can also have the refueling, so you can do refueling as well. I mean, you could do all sorts of different things. And also, yep. in real life, the mother of all bombs was actually dropped out of the C-130 for testing I was purposes. just thinking about that, yeah. That'd be a great way to crash a server. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just, in school when they dropped it because I used to live in Fort Walton uh, Beach and that's where they did the testing. So uh, when I was in high school, they actually dropped it and you can actually feel the ground shake, which actually was pretty cool. Wow. But it wouldn't be boring. I'm just reading a book right now. I don't remember the name, but Vietnam War. And one of the pilots that is, is the C-130 pilot before that's something else, but also trans transport plane. And it's amazing stories that he's telling, like the ones when they were... They were transporting livestock from one place to another. They had a emergency and they had to drop it all still in the air into the sea. But, you know, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It wasn't boring, definitely. <laughs> all right, ED, if you're listening but, to this and you do a C-130, you have to put that mission into the sim. And cows. Yeah. Well, they already announced cows. But we've yeah, got to exactly. be able to have an emergency and shove the cows out of the back of the plane into the ocean. Oh, yeah, they, they would have to texture the cows. I think they're in already, but without texture. Yeah, probably. Guys, I do love nature. I love animals. Do not take that against me. That was a joke. <laughs> I heard you're a vegan. <laughs> Pete is going to release a uh, counter, a, a statement denouncing this podcast now. <laughs> 
Well, what other what other aircraft? As we're talking about the speculation of what they're going to make, what else do you think they would make? Mm, what would the F fifteen look like? It'd be a C variant. Yeah, I mean, it would just be taking the existing one, and making it high fidelity. But do you think they yeah. would actually do that with Raspberry yeah. making the Strike Eagle? Uh, probably. They would. I mean, I mean, they're two not. completely different airplanes. I, I, yeah. There's, I mean, they're different performance. They have different roles. The conformal fuel tanks tank its performance. They're no, it's nowhere near as agile, I think, the Mudhead is as the actual Eagle. How about like a cool attack airplane, you know, like the A6 or something like that for another carrier-based? Uh, well, that's Heepler, right? Yeah, well, I have on good authority but, that that's probably not going to be a developed module from them yeah i didn't think so either hey, I, think. Cool. I was just trying to throw some speculation out there i mean i that, my heart leans towards vietnam era aircraft so i would love to see like an f100 or even an a1 sky raider uh i think those are too niche for ed to go after i but think they could do a, um, an a1h cobra isn't somebody doing the a6 well no, he no, was going to but i they yeah, also as AI, I think I'll AI know. purposes though. Now we're also all talking about fixed wing. What about rotary wing? I think uh, there's a good Cobra. case for the uh, the Apache coming. Yeah, Co Cobra they announced before, and they were supposed to do it, but they I think postponed it. So I would say oh. Apache. Yeah, I think I, I I'm gonna put money on the Apache if it's a rotary wing module. Yeah, the Apache. I think though people may be disappointed because there's no way it would be a longbow. That'd be too classified, wouldn't it? True, but um, yeah, I don't know. You've already got the MI twenty four, so it needs a it needs a good counter. I mean, the, the blue four needs a good um, and a good attack helicopter. Yeah, it's just a good dedicated a good, one. Red four needs a good uh, air to air fighter. The other one that I think maybe a possibility would be a full fidelity Su twenty five. Hmm. Yeah, I would really enjoy that as well. I was just thinking it would be something that they don't have already. As of if not, you got the Sentry Fighters, some World War II stuff, a couple helicopters, cargo. Boy, I, I heard the F one hundred is just was crazy to fly. I saw a documentary on that the other day, and they were talking about how we just roll, and you know, it was one of the hardest planes. Yeah, I've heard so, that too, but you got to think about what would generate sales for ED. I don't know that Century Fighters, Century Fighters would necessarily generate sales. How about how about like a bomber, like the B1 bomber flying the bones? Is the are our maps big enough for a B1? Um, it would start off map. It would st <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like how cool would, be cool would it be to have a B1 awesome. bomber go in and go blow stuff up? Blow I mean, the next, the next air, close thing to that would be a, be a tornado, right? Mm -hmm. Tornado would be great, yeah. Uh, it's pronounced tornado. Shut up, Tricker. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I hope you're all doing beautifully well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. They've kept us really in the dark. I really hope it doesn't turn out to be like another Mac announcement where they said it was going to be one thing and then everybody got really hyped and then it was not anything like what we thought it was going to be. So I hope it doesn't turn out to be. So when is this Mariana's map coming? About the same time as the Syria map. When's I haven't heard Syria anything map? about that. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. They, they released screenshots. There were like videos and all this other stuff. And then it kind of disappeared into the ethos. When's the Syria map supposed to come out? Around the time of Mariana map. You guys are a huge help. <laughs> I no, nobody, I, I, yeah, they've gone kind of quiet. I mean, we're, I think we're all waiting on three maps. The Falklands map, the Syria map, and the Marianas map, I think, are all in development. But there's been very little updates about them over the last, uh, you know, six months to a year. The other one was the channel, right? That got announced, didn't it? So we're waiting for four maps. Yeah. I'm waiting for Vietnam. Two. So what are so to get the F five? Oh. What are the 
what are the what are the you know what about the f4 what happened so, to the f4 that was originally announced they put that on hold i believe that's it been was, on hold yeah it was supposed to be done by balsam tech but then they joined ed and then i don't know they stopped it or frozen it i think it's going to be an f15 if I had money, I'd put it almost entirely, if not all of it, in that basket. I mean, they've already done all the homework on it. And I think it's ready. I saw some video of F15 with all those click, click uh, things in the cockpit that are actually clickable and, and movable and animated. So it's ready for that. I mean, yes and no. I would argue, though, that, I mean, those models are so old. They would probably have to do a completely new 3D model to bring it up to the same standard as the F-16 and F-18. Um, you know, obviously new texturing and everything. So as plug-and-play as we want it to be, I think it would be a, a quite an undertaking for them to actually, um, you know, put that into the sim as a full-fidelity module. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it would probably be... Um... I'm just thinking from a software standpoint and and at least what I've what I was listening to is they said that a lot of it so much of it has to do with research. And I think to your point the model would have to be redone, but at least it would be it would be a boost I think in that direction, at least from a licensing standpoint. What about something so they've talked about redoing the tower comms, GCI combined arms. They're heavy into this carrier thing with the supercarrier or the Hornet the Tomcat, all that stuff. What if they did something like an E2? Mm. You kind of get everything. You got cargo, you got AWACS, you got a tanker. Plus, it's on a carrier. It's on a boat. So you, you're you rounding out that echelon of aircraft that are being able to be out there. That'd be cool, but I, I'm when you said that, like I'm thinking in the back of my head where ED said that this is only a single-player game. How would that sell anything if you're in an E2 Hawkeye? That's a good point. I don't know. I'm yeah, just, I think it's, I'm just throwing it that right out here. More along single player. Yeah, I'm thinking immediately about a campaign for that, and that'll be kind of boring, I guess. That's true. Launch I mean... the Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here I go again. Yeah. But off the topic of 13 hours. Off the topic of new modules, what do people think about updates that have come out recently for ED and what's supposed to come out in the future? I mean, 2.5.6 hasn't done very well on the multiplayer side, but it's been crashing. But the planes have gotten some new toys. The missiles specifically have gotten a lot better. The AMRAM is way better than it was, even though it's supposed to get more fine-tuning. What are your guys' thoughts and feelings about what's come out recently and what's coming supposedly in the near future. I think my biggest um, takeaway from 2.5.6 is like the lighting, especially at night. Mm -hmm. I used to hate flying at night because um, I couldn't see anything. Even though you had a flashlight, the flashlight didn't really even light up the cockpit. Uh, but now like nighttime looks beautiful and I have no problems like flying at night. And uh, I think that was my biggest thing. But they fixed the missiles, which is great for a multiplayer standpoint. Well, they're not totally fixed. They still have some problems. Guidance is still an issue, but um, the drag is definitely a lot better. Agreed. Well, from my point of view, it's, it, it made lots of things much more difficult for the campaigns, especially the ground units, movement, etc. So I'm not a big fan of 2.5.6, but having said that, they're fixing it, so it's good. What's yeah, wrong with the ground units? Oh, like, lots of ground units just refused to move. I mean, they, they just sit there where you put them in the beginning of the mission. Especially that's true for the old missions. So many missions of my campaigns were just borked because some of the units would not move. They would spawn and, and just stop in place, even without any triggers. Well, did you yeah, but you're, you're a dictator and they're cooing against you. Yeah, I always suspected that. So uh, my other question for you, Moltar, is I think they did something with the sounds. Didn't they protect the sounds and now like, oh. the sounds are messed up? <laughs> I don't know what happened. They completely changed the sound environment or the sound engine on the backside. None of the files are where they used to be. They've moved them all into the sounds directory, and they're not named anymore. They're like in hashed files. However, we figured out with sound mods that you can still put them in save games, and they work. 
So I don't think it's ED trying to hide things because I've seen a, at least one post from somebody that works at ED saying that they're going to release a list of file locations so that they can be edited. I don't think it's they're trying to hide things. It, I think they're just revamping stuff and making it easier, more efficient for calls to be made. So I got all my stuff to still work. Um, but they've, they've definitely changed some stuff and people were, were not happy about it initially. But with all the most recent planes that have come out, the F-18 was a step in the right direction. It sounded a lot better. Um, it was modded, not by myself, but it was modded and got to sound even better. But the F-16, man, their sound guy's doing some serious work. He's gotten a lot better, or they've hired somebody new because the F-16 sounds baller. Were you going to say something about that sport? Nope, sorry about that. It's all good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that they've changed in the file structure in the back end of stuff. I don't think they have. One of the best additions that I've seen recently was the ability to remove the bloody reflections from the cockpit. <laughs> Man, that was that was a huge and awesome change that they put in there. Those baked yeah, so in reflections. I heard a lot of people didn't like. Yeah, I heard a lot of people didn't like it, but uh, I I like it, and I don't know. I saw some pictures on Hoggett where like people's reflections look completely different than what mine looked like. I think it looks realistic. Um, I'm not sure what was going on with that, but sometimes my reflections look different than anybody else's reflections. So I didn't have a problem. I thought it looked pretty cool, but that's just me. Teach their own. That was a big change for me. I don't remember. I don't think. I mean, Twiz came out not too long ago for both planes for the 16 and the 18. Yeah, that's been pretty cool. We have submarines that can submerge now. Yeah, that's recent. That's true. I don't, don't think it works, but it's getting there. <laughs> so, so what, what what would be the scenario? Like you just um, at least uh, if you're planning, like the sub's going to show up at a certain place at a certain time, or if you're planning a campaign, how would you? What would you do with that, BD? Well, I, I tried it for Raven One, but in the end, I had to spawn it because you can either have it underwater or have it on the surface, but there's no transition between the two for the moment. Mm. So. Yeah. So it's either, hey, I'm hidden, or hey, guys, what's up? And even if it's underwater, you could still see the wake on the, on the surface. I mean, you have to be very low to see it, but it's there. So they have some work to do, but it's I think it's going in a good direction. That's new submarine technology. I'm not allowed to talk about it, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the Caterpillar drive. One ping only, Vasily. I was just about to say that. That's my favorite... <laughs> My favorite line, especially when he dies and he's like, I would like to have seen Montana. I love that movie. Good movie. It's a great movie. So, Very DCS-like. So I'm going to change the topic just for a second. I'm just totally curious. What what hardware do you guys have? In uh, what capacity? Have you built your own computers? Do you buy them off the shelf? What kind of, um, you know, there's peripherals. Like, what kind of, you know, sticks do you have? What do you... I'm just curious in terms of like uh, Namultar, I know you've got everything uh, and then some. Uh, <laughs> and and actually, uh, Jabbers just got me to um, showed me his 49 inch Samsung display. So that's now right behind me. Oh, you bought one. I did. So yeah, it's pretty Jabbers fun. and I are terrible influences on people's wallets. Yes. Yes. Don't tell my wife. Time. Yeah. So um, I'm just curious. I didn't, I, you know, uh, if you guys build your own computers or, you know, what's the standard for you guys? So I, I bought think... mine off the shelf. I just bought one um, in December. I bought a HP Omen obelisk that came with a 2080 Ti, a, um, uh, an Intel i9-9900K, 16 gigs of RAM. I mean, it's a screamer of a computer and kind of built you know got it pre-built it's made to be upgraded and things like that i don't know anything about building computers i'm so computer illiterate when it comes to that stuff that it's not even funny so i uh i decided to go with you know something a little bit i went easy mode man it's was like it built, legos was it built in china oh i hope not because i i'm not going to open it up to see what the air tastes like that's how covid19 got here 
<laughs> Cayman Sports Computer. That's right. Sports computer. Uh, that's why it's called the Omen. The Omen. <laughs> Nailed it. Com- computer Zero. What was it called? The Obelisk. Yeah. So fancy. It's a cool name for a computer. Yeah. Right. I've always built mine. The case I have, I've revamped, I've used it for several different builds, but I just kind of upgrade as I go, parts and pieces. Then when I have to do the processor, obviously I have to do the pretty much everything: RAM, motherboard, processor. But, now, how many computers do you have? Uh, around me, especially for when I stream, seven. Seven. Oh okay. my god! Uh, just, it <laughs> seems reasonable. Uh, just for daily operations. I utilize four. You also have a small power plant. <laughs> I was about to I ask, had, do you have a nuclear reactor? I had to run several. I had to run three 20 amp circuits over to where my computer is. Cause I draw. I've always said that, and stuff. you know, people need a hobby, but I think you found one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But it's just, it, you know, I used to work it um, I was a network engineer for 10 years and I would just acquire stuff. What people don't realize is when you get builds and stuff this big, like Jabberus and mines, it's you're not buying everything at once. I mean, I've gotten monitors and stuff over years and years and years, and I'll buy open box stuff at certain points. So I'll buy like the 34 inch ultra wides, my smaller ones that I have a couple of. I got open box at Micro Center for like $150 a piece, which I saw them. I wasn't even trying to buy anything. I was like, I can't say no i'd be losing money losing money on this so i bought those but a lot of it's just buying things as they become available and then holding on to things for for years just imagine if we were on aol still it'd be kind of crazy i can't imagine that some people are yeah that's that's on aol well it's it's either that they actually use it or they're old people and they've forgotten that they're still paying the the subscription they still have cds with like 500 hours free Well, do they? I, I don't know. I used to have those like know, CDs probably. from like, a long time ago. That was like that hey. would come in the magazines. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you, they're premium now. You can sell them on on eBay. <laughs> the collector's <laughs> item. We found out Goat's uh, side hobby. Yeah, he's an Stop. AOL disc collector. Have you used that <laughs> that forty nine inch Goat? Uh, no. Yes. No? Oh, yes. you have. Yes. What do you think of it? That's amazing. It's fantastic. I was trying to wait for one that was going to have a built-in KVM. Um, but I What do you need a KVM for? What's that? What do you need a KVM for? Well, if I had seven computers, no. Um, just to switch back and forth. I use it. I use a virtual KVM. It's all done over the network. I just hold shift and drag my mouse to all the different computers. And then when the mouse moves, my keyboard goes to that computer. So you don't even need a KVM anymore. Okay, well, I'm going to need that uh, link. <laughs> look, look up a program called Multiplicity. Okay. That's what All I right. use. One more thing for the show notes. That's fantastic. That sounds really cool. And it'll, So you can drag to different computers, but you can also do virtual KVMs where you can hit a hotkey and it'll bring up that monitor so you can access it like on another monitor if you wanted to, if you don't have a monitor for that machine. So... Well, that's that's that sounds really cool to me. It is. It's awesome. It's the only way to make it function. Otherwise, I'd have seven keyboards around me. Because KVMs, the problem with them is they don't support monitors typically above 1080p, and the 4K ones cost a lot of money. Yeah. No. I yeah. No, for sure. I I looked at it and I actually tried to uh, wife set up for her when she started working at home, and I was trying mm-hmm. to do this. I don't know. I I have a lot of parts in the garage. Uh, I, I I can't even give away failed projects, failed tech projects. Sell them. I I shall. Uh, yeah, I of the with two five year old boys, I really don't have much time uh, to do build. Well, then you donate them to me. I will donate them to you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ask and wait till you get that box, buddy. Oh well, I'll I'll take any tech stuff I can get. I just got boxes behind me, but it is nice. To be able to just, oh, I need this kind of cable or this whatever, and be able to go back there and find it. Yeah. You know, no, I monitor but, though. It's it's pretty fantastic. He's running a Radio Shack out of his his uh, office. 
Shaq. I when before Jabbers bought his 49, I tried talking him into a 65 because I play on a 65 4K. And I've got a 38-inch ultra wide, so I know what it's like to play on an ultra wide. I had that before my TV. But once you go big, man, small just doesn't cut it anymore. You're stretched out and it just doesn't work. Insert tricker. Tricker, do you have a comment here? As always. (laughs) (laughs) I have it, baby. I have it. (laughs) Oh, my God. But what the next thing that I'm waiting for is um, that I might end up doing is changing this LED that I've got into an OLED for DCS because I've got an OLED upstairs in our living room. And man, there's there's no comparison to picture quality, anything even close to an OLED. I think my my iPhone's an OLED. Yeah, the newer iPhones are OLEDs, but just the the ability of the pixel to actually turn off and get true blacks. So second to none yeah no it's really it's really interesting to me because you know as a as a relatively uh, new guy whether it comes to the microphones and and into the whole thing that's why i always enjoy hearing and it's why i ask the question of like what are everybody's what does everybody's setup look like and then uh even i was asking dut when he travels what does he take with him because he was saying he uses you know he's he's got he you know played dcs on the road so it's very interesting to me to see, uh, you know, what people have invested in terms of the gear and things like that. Multor, I think that you're, you, no, no, uh, no expenses, you know, nothing's been spared. It's, it's very impressive. It's funny you mentioned uh, that because I actually, um, I tested the Tomcat when it was in pre-development on the road while I was in G650 school with uh, my gaming laptop. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I was given early access to it and helped them with some of the testing and stuff like that. And uh, from my hotel room in Wilmington, Delaware, was able to do some testing and gaming on DCS like that. Now, what does that look like? Do you take Track IR with you, or how do you? So um, before Track IR even existed, I got proficient using a mouse for looking around with my left hand, and uh, that's kind of what I reverted back to. Um, you know, when I was doing the testing and things like that, I, it's difficult to be, I mean, you could bring track track R with you and I'm sure if I was going to DCS on the road now, I probably would. Um, but on a 15 inch monitor, it, it definitely makes it difficult to do anything, you know, whether it be seeing ground targets or whatever it may be. Um, and I'm really spoiled with my peripherals, but uh, there are options for people out there who want a game on the road. And I think, uh, you know, there are some really, really good laptop solutions out there and um, yeah, good travel joysticks. Like my T16000M is my travel HOTAS, and it, it works really well on the road. Have you ever flown virtual airplanes while flying a real airplane? I have not, but I have a friend who has gotten a kill in PUBG while flying a B24. What? Yeah, probably. I'm I'm sure that sentence has never been said before in human history, but... There you go. Well, flying a B-25? A B-24, actually. What? <laughs> this was in 1944. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a long so time ago in 1944. Let me tell you a story, kids. <laughs> I was playing a game called Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, let's not talk about Fortnite. Sun yeah, come Fortnite. on. It was, it was PUBG. It was, it, it's a legitimate game. No, but that was kind of interesting. But yeah, I would it would be neat to fly a virtual airplane while uh uh while flying a real airplane, but I think that's even a little nerdy even for me. <laughs> hey Goat, I gotta I gotta step off. Um right. but it's been a pleasure. I don't want to keep you guys I mean no, just we're, stepping we're, away we're and not the, being here. We're at the top of the hour, and uh if anybody's gotta jump, that's fine. And I think we'll probably end up wrapping up here in a few minutes. Um, but, uh, I still am interested for those that want to tell me, I mean, do you have, what, what are your, what, uh, sticks does everybody use? I've got I've an got FSSB. The... FSSB. All right. I use the Warthog. Yeah. yeah. Same here. I use the Verpal T50 Mongoose base with a Warthog grip and a, uh, X55 throttle and the, uh, TPR, the Thrustmaster TPR rotor pedals. 
Mm, yeah, I got the Thrustmaster TPR rotor. Pump. I got a super hodgepodge system. I mean, I, I like a lot of the Verpal equipment. I just, I've, I've bought a couple of pieces that just have stopped working. Hodgepodge. I've got the Real Simulator FSSB stick with a wing wing throttle and Thrustmaster pedals. How do you like the wing wing stuff? Uh, I do not like the stick. Yeah. I thought I would really like it. I just, I, I don't. It, it's too so i've got a hornet grip that i can yeah. compare it to and the wind wing is much smaller the grip is mm. and i just don't i thought it would they marketed it as having a really heavy axis throw and stuff and it doesn't i mean it's it's about it feels like my gunfighter did when i had my gunfighter the throttle though is awesome mm. the throttle is fantastic i have there was a i got an early release version which we found out later they were, were test versions they weren't production models so i had a wire shear off but other than that after i fixed it man there's nothing like it it's got full-on axis knobs for lighting controls it's got finger lifts for afterburner i've got um adjustable push through detents and friction levers all of the um the slew on the actual grip is like the upgraded slew that you can get for the Warthog, except it comes on it. And the throw on it is really, really long. So it's it's probably double the length of what it is for the Warthog for the throttle. Hmm. So I, I, I have thought, no complaints there. I thought that stick was pretty expensive, isn't it? Expensive does not mean good. It's a, a thousand bucks for both, and they don't sell them separately, do they? Oh, no. Wow. The best stick I've ever used still, and I th I've used pretty much all of them, is the real simulator without question? Hmm. I got Jabbers to get one, and he's like, "I don't, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner." It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm downstream. I ended up getting one as well. So, but I still, I really like. So, I actually the way I have it set up, I've got both. Mm -hmm. uh, so F16 to the right, and the Hornet stick in the middle. So, depending on what I'm doing. So, do you like? I gotta ask because I, I thought about buying the F18 grip for the Warthog. Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. think it's better than the A10 one? Or? Oh, yeah. Really? The, the F18 grip is the best grip on the market out of everybody. It feels the best. Its buttons are fantastic. It's got this really meaty pull on all of the buttons and all of the presses. Um, it's just really, really well done. Did you have to go through and rebind everything? I don't remember. I haven't used it for a while. I don't think so, but I don't remember. Because I haven't really, I mean, I haven't really heard much about it. Like, I, it came out after that sim session or sim event or whatever it was. It came out a few Light months Sim ago, Expo? Yeah. Yeah. It came out at the beginning of this year. Okay. Yeah, I just haven't really heard anything about it. Or, or really beginning of last year. Sorry, we're in 2020 now. Yeah, it kind of flew under the radar. I mean, you hear all about Verpil and vkb now but thrustmaster i think is still king of the king of the market i think it's the best group out there i like the real simulator because every button has push down accesses and they also the software allows you to do um momentary presses so you can double the buttons on any of your your axis that you have or any of your hats that you have sorry yeah no i got the i've got both the f8 i've got both and i i enjoy them both i think uh I, one thing i do like about um the warthog grip is it's it's is how uh, heavy it is in the metal part of it which um uh i don't get on the fssb but um in terms of the f18 i i think it's fantastic and most of the time i find my find myself flying the hornet so it just it's great for me i would like to have the um i would like to have the throttle uh from wind wing but I'm also looking at um, getting the uh, Black Hog box, so I'll be. Oh that. yeah, yeah. So be I have that ordered, and soon as, as soon as viruses dissipate, I think I'll. Yeah. I'll get, the world gets back to it. That I'm, I understand. I'm on deck for that, so it'll be pretty cool. Are you in two? You're in two D, right? You're not in VR. No, I'm in two D. Oh man, you just got to go touch screen. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I've got um so and I think Jabber's just made an update to his uh 
he just made an update to the uh, his software. The um, yeah, probably. I think he did. Yeah, I mean, so he, the way he's got it set up, because that's always been the d- challenge for me is like trying to figure out how to configure multiple monitors, and so um, that seemed to me to be a real challenge until uh, he he actually wrote the software. It's pretty fantastic. Well, you just got to talk to somebody that's done it before. Like, I wouldn't have a problem writing it out for you and telling you how to do the. That's the awesome. It's pretty well, I, easy. See that? See, look at this. I need to come and ask you all this. You've got all this stuff. Whether it's, the, <laughs> I'll make you spend money. I. But the nice yeah. thing about the touch screens is they're so versatile. Like with mine, I have DCS output the MFDs on the screen, yeah. and then I run Helios in the background and make the buttons invisible, so I can touch the MFD screen on my touch screen and it triggers the button like the OSB button. And it's, there's no, I would, it's better than a button box. It's so versatile for every plane. Cause I can put crap wherever I want it. I've got UFCs for the F 18 and the F 16 and gauges and all kinds of stuff all over the place. And I can interact with all of it, which is, you can't do that with a button box. No, that's really cool. I will, I will, I'm definitely want to know more about that. But yeah, I'm downstream from you because you go to Jabbers, make him spend money, and then he shows me and I spend money. So. No, Jabbers and I are equal on each other. Oh, okay. He imparts on me and I impart on him. Like he bought the touchscreen first and was like, ah, it's a good idea. And then I bought one as soon as he showed it showed it to me. Yeah, I got one too. I, I, it's one of the, is it the Samsung touch display? I've got mine sitting in the garage. Him but. and I got Asus. It doesn't matter what ones they are. Any of them will work. But we bought Asus because they've got really small bezels. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, BD, I guess at this point, is there anything else we want to cover? Anything? Um, I'll just oh, want to say... I got, I got one thing for okay. uh, Multar before you, bo- you bail. Is there any Splash 1 server? Uh, Miller Time put up Apex. So yeah. it's the Apex server, Splash 1 edition. And it's a PvE with a PvP twist. It's a kind of a king of the hill. What's the word I'm looking for? Progressive, where you take over a zone and then move to the next one. And then people can spawn in on red four and try and stop or halt the blue four progression. But it is a lot of fun. I got on there last night against Jabbers in a suit 27. I never, I didn't find Jabbers, but it was, it was fun. It was, it's a nice change from, Everybody just playing PVE. I mean, I typically do PVP, but it was it was fun. It reminded me a lot of you guys remember when 2.0 was first coming out and F99 had that server um, that you would fly on Blue Four out of Vegas and then you could hit objectives and then you would have to progressively hit more and more and then Red Four would try and stop you. Yeah, yeah, like capture capture zones. That's exactly how this is. It's the same setup. It's on caucuses though, but it's been great. great. I like, I mean, new new game modes in multiplayer or something that I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, Miller Time's really open on feedback and stuff, so if you guys have any questions or anything, that's on the Splash 1 Gaming Discord. You can get the details down in the, the server section, or just search Apex in the server browser. Awesome, thank you. From me, guys, uh, sorry, go. just uh, this coming Saturday, we're planning to record the second part on missions and campaigns, so if you're up for it, available, feel free to join. The same time, probably. All right. Yep. Excellent. Saturday or Sunday? It's Saturday. Saturday. Okay. That should be good. I can probably make it this time. That would be great. I'll just make fun of you. Tell you how bad your missions are. <laughs> <laughs> we already know that. What a swell guy. I am. I'm just... I'm just... Welcome. I'm bubble, bubbly personality. I just... Bring Mr. people up with me, Mr. Geek. As always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Go. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks. See you guys. So, there is the episode. What did you think? I think it was really interesting. I mean, sometimes it's nice to go in without any plan and just go ahead. I think we should call this Crumble. I agree. So I think this episode will be uh, our scramble episode, and maybe that'll be the uh, theme or scramble number two or scramble number three for the next times that we do it. I think we need to do it from time to time. It's nice to just go and and discuss things away. 
And yeah, in the background you probably can hear my kids. So this is the good sides of the coronavirus, I guess. Spending a lot of time with your family. A lot of quality time. Yeah, so guys, stay safe out there and uh, hope you enjoyed it. See ya. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Air Combat Sim. Don't forget to subscribe or tell a friend about it. If you have a question, idea for an episode, or a special guest you'd like us to invite, feel free to reach out on Facebook, Discord, or via email. Air Combat Sim was brought to you by BVR Productions.